Hello, I'm Molly, and this is Care Experts, brought to you by Care Credit and Pets Best. Together, the Care Credit Credit Card and Pets Best Pet Health Insurance provide all the financial tools that can help you be the best pet parent you can be. Today we are in Oakland, California with Dr. Andrew Moffitt. Dr. Moffitt is from Melbourne, Australia and is the founder and CEO of Vetin Care, a growing group of AHA accredited veterinary hospitals in the San Francisco Bay Area. Today we are here with Dr. Moffitt to talk about spaying and neutering our dogs. Thank you so much for being here. My pleasure. So tell me, what is the difference between spaying and neutering? So neutering uh, specifically is uh, associated with castration, removal of the testicles in a male dog. Spaying, on the other hand, is removal of the uterus or the ovary in the female dog. So why is it important to spay or neuter our dogs? Well, the main founding reason why we have effective spay and neuter strategies um, within America is to prevent unwanted pregnancies and uh, an excess pet population. Now, right now in the pandemic, there's lots of people looking for pets and many of these shelters um, uh, um, are free of, of, of uh, unwanted pets, which is tremendous. But when there's not a pandemic, uh, unwanted pregnancies lead to excess pets that end up in shelters. We want to try and prevent that. So I think that's the main reason there's a focus and education around um, spay and neuter. Oh, wow. Okay, that's a lot of good reasons. <laughs> so at what age should I be spaying or neutering my dog? That's a good question. So historically, we would be spaying dogs at a much younger age. Many shelters will spay dogs, you know, two, three months of age. In practice, for many years, we've sort of recommended six months as an appropriate age to, to, to neuter and spay a dog. I think now there's more research coming out of some veterinary schools like UC Davis just locally that, that recommend, if possible, delaying spay and neutering in certain breeds. Now, they haven't looked at every breed yet, and, and I think every breed, the recommendation may be slightly different, but certainly in breeds like German Shepherds, Labradors, and Golden Retrievers, they're now saying that actually delaying spay and neuter until after 12 months has distinct benefits in reducing incidence of certain cancers and things like that. So at what age does a female dog go through their first heat cycle and should when I spay that dog be affected by that heat cycle? Good question. So smaller dogs are typically having their first season around five to six months of age. Larger dogs, it might be up to sort of eight to nine months of age. Mm -hmm. And then we typically see sort of three to five months of time between each season. So historically, you know, we used to say, hey, spay the dogs before they had their first season because um, the seasons are a pain and let's get it done. I think then the information changed on the fact that, you know, we should let them have their first season and maybe spay them between the first and second season. And that was an early strategy that I recall around trying to uh, allow the dog to have that first hormonal experience but um, reduce the incidence of mammary cancer that may be associated with a second and third season. Yeah. I think more information's come out recently out of schools like UC Davis on some of their recommendations around when to spay and how that might incidence prevalence of certain cancers and other conditions. And I think the general sentiment is for certain large breeds of dog, the research has been done so far to my knowledge specifically in Labradors, Goldens and German Shepherds, there is benefit in spaying them 
after 12 uh, months of age, rather, and that would apply to neutering as well. Um, exactly when it is between seasons, um, you know, would be based on, on, on uh, you know, the recommendation of the veterinarian. Typically, we don't want to spay a dog inside eight weeks since it started its heat, just uh, to allow the uterus and all the blood supply to settle down following that, sort of, uh, that, that episode. We'll be back with more care experts after this brief message from Care Credit. Thanks to Care Credit, I can take care of my best friend. Thanks to Care Credit, I can smile again. Thanks to Care Credit, I can be confident. Thanks to Care Credit, I can prepare for veterinary care. I can take care of myself again. I can be myself again. I can plan for Cooper's care. I can take care of my pug family. I can. I can. I can. I can have peace of mind. Welcome back to Care Experts. Let's continue our discussion with Dr. Moffitt. Now, I know a lot of pet owners are a little anxious about their, you know, young animal going into surgery. Is the surgery safe? Yeah, it's incredibly safe. I mean, it's, it's a surgery that uh, most veterinarians are doing on a regular basis. So um, the more you do something, the more skilled you are. Um, as far as a procedure, the neuter procedure is pretty straightforward and, and the risk are fairly moderate. Um, now, with both procedures, there's a small anaesthetic risk. I think anaesthesia these days in veterinary practice is done at a really high level. Um, and a lot of the strategies and monitoring that veterinary hospitals offer for their pet patients is, is at a really high level, not dissimilar to that in a human hospital. Mm -hmm. um, so I think the risk of anaesthesia in a young, healthy animal is negligible. And most hospitals these days are doing some um, pre-anesthetic work to further reduce that risk, blood work, assessment of the heart with an ECG, and at least an auscultation. So I think anesthesia risk is pretty low. Uh, we, there is a small risk of post-op infection. That's almost always associated with, with the pet not wearing its e-collar and licking the wound. Uh -huh. um, uh, most hospitals take sterility pretty seriously. And so the likelihood of contamination from surgery is low. The spay procedure is certainly higher risk. It's actually a really hard procedure. It always perplexes me that that's like a day one procedure that new graduates are expected to do. Because you know, in that first year, it's probably the hardest procedure you can do. Uh, but in good hospitals, there's a lot of supervision, a lot of training and mentoring that approach. And it's done competently and safely um, in, in most hospitals. And it's a procedure that's very well understood. And, and there's uh, typically in most clinics, a lot of competency to handle that at a high level. So I think the risk is pretty low. So what should I expect after surgery with my dog and how can I help them best recover? Yeah, I think, I mean, it's a significant surgery and we want to, um, just like if we had surgery, give that pet a period of rest and support. So I think most veterinary hospitals should be thinking about a pain management strategy for that pet so it's, mm. it's comfortable. Um, we should be wearing our e-collar to stop licking and, and, and post-op infection. Um, and then really for the first few days, giving that pet complete rest and restricting its activity to take pressure off the wound and, and make sure that that pet is, over, is not overexerting itself. How long should I expect my dog to be recovering from the surgery? Yeah, I mean, a lot of dogs wake up the next day and they're bounding around like nothing happens. You know, they're incredibly stoic and, and, and it always shocks me how quickly our animal patients recover. But I do think we, we have to know they're stoic. We have to know that they want to get on with life and, and, and appease us and, and go for their walks. But their bodies still heal similarly to ourselves. 
themselves. So we have to understand they're still going to need a period of healing and give them the time to do that properly. So I think particularly before that first recheck at three to five days, really giving them periods of rest and restricting their exercise is key just to allow the wound to heal. By days of three to five, that wound is really healing and binding together. Swimming or bathing, I mean, is there anything to avoid during that time right after surgery? I'd certainly be avoiding those things you just mentioned. We don't want the wound to get wet. Uh, we don't really want it to be touched. Um, uh, you know, I encourage not only clients, but, but veterinary professionals, if they're examining a wound in those early stages, we need to be wearing gloves. We shouldn't be touching the wound. What should the incision area look like? Good, good question. So um, the, uh, uh, well, we're, we're looking for normal healing and, and we're also looking for signs of infection. So signs of infection would include redness, swelling, a discharge, smell, pain. You know, we're looking for anything like that. Now, the three to five day recheck, you know, will help you assess the wound and determine if there's anything going on. So um, will my pet behave differently after I get them spayed or neutered? People often ask that. I, I, don't, I don't think so. Now, I mean, if, um, um, if your pet is um, uh, at, you know, six to 12 months of age and it's a male dog and that dog is really sexually charged and behaving abnormally, um, neutering may suppress that a bit. But we actually want to suppress those behaviours. You know, that type of behaviour ain't good for the pet parent, it's not good for the dog, it's not good for all the other pets in the community. So I do think we might see some suppression of some of those really sort of um, sexually driven behaviours. Um, sometimes if we perform uh, neuter, for instance, later on, those behaviours are already entrenched and neutering won't reverse those behaviours. Well, thank you so much. It's so um, helpful to unpack spaying and neutering. It can be a scary thing for some pet owners, so thank you for talking it through Oh, no, us. pleasure. I, look, it, it can be scary, but it's um, it, it, majority of time it's the right thing to do. And again, consulting with your veterinarian to get good guidance on when and how to do it is the way to go. Absolutely. Thank you very much. No worries. Thanks for watching. All of our featured care experts recommend and accept the Care Credit credit card, which is accepted at hundreds of thousands of provider locations nationwide. And Pets Best offers comprehensive pet insurance plans that can cover up to 90% of your pet's unexpected eligible veterinary expenses. Together, Care Credit and Pets Best can allow you to provide a lifetime of care for your four-legged family member. For more information, visit carecredit.com. Thanks for joining us on Care Experts with Care Credit. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and share with friends and family. And stay tuned for new episodes every week. This content is subject to change without notice and offered for informational use only. You are urged to consult with your individual advisors with respect to any information presented. Synchrony and any of its affiliates, including Care Credit, collectively Synchrony, makes no representations or warranties regarding this content and accepts no liability for loss or harm arising from the use of information provided. All statements and opinions in Care Experts with Care Credit are the sole opinions of the guest. Your receipt of this material constitutes your acceptance of these terms and conditions.